Hello, hello, everybody. You're listening to our podcast. My name is Sean Anderson, and I'm here with my co-host, Stephen Reyes. And today we're talking about a movie that came out in 2015, directed by uh, Denis Villeneuve, who, uh, this is a, a repeat director for us. We earlier did uh, his, his previous movie called Enemy, and yep. now he's coming back for this movie, Sicario. And we're very excited to talk about this one because it is i think tonally very different from enemy but still a good strong example of great filmmaking what do you think oh i think it is was an amazing film and you know what let's just jump right into it so they can Get hear right it. into it forget the intro let's talk about the movie so you're listening to more movies please, please. I can't remember, did I pick this one or did you pick this one? No, I think I picked this one uh, because we watched uh, Enemy. Actually, all the the Denis Villeneuve movies, I think I've been suggesting. Enemy, Sicario, and Prisoners so far. Um, Because I don't know that you'd see, except for his Blade Runner movie, I don't know that you'd seen any of his others. Are you muting me? What's going on here? I'm not muting you. I forgot that my microphone blocks my grin because I still haven't seen the new Blade Runner. Oh, you still haven't seen the new Blade Runner? <laughs> Steven, Steven, have you seen the old Blade Runner? Of course, come on. Like, okay. Wow, like, I even peeked there for once. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, it's, it's an interesting film, and it's a gorgeous-looking film. I think everybody should see it just for the experience of seeing a movie like that, because it's some of the stuff they are doing in that Blade Runner film was just uh, unlike anything I'd seen before. It was really interesting to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, that's okay, Stephen. You take your time with it. Well, We've got all the time in the world to watch all the movies that have ever been made. So we'll get to that one, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to it. We will definitely get to it at some point. Yeah, we will. So uh, make sure you stay subscribed to every to to the podcast, everybody, and keep an eye out for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I think forty eight. Oh boy, they're going to kick me out of uh, the Film Lovers Club for that one. Yeah, they're going to kick you out. And also, we're not even talking about that today. Oh no, that's right. We're talking about uh, Sicario. No, I got to stop. I My <laughs> accent work is I am I am no uh, Robin Williams or, or Kevin Pollack or any of the other good mimics. I can't do it. So we're watching Sicario. Yeah, we're I'll say it like a white guy. <laughs> We were watching Sicario, and um, yeah, that we will just have to warn everybody, as always, that there are spoilers. There we go. Yeah, that's oh, that's that is to hear live because in the past you've been editing that sound effect in in post, but yep. now you got this fancy schmancy new soundboard, and it's so cool to hear it live. Cool, mm. actually fits in. But without further ado, we will just go right into this movie. So Sicario, Sicario was made in 2015. It's five years old now. It it surprised him because I remember seeing this one in the movie theater, and it doesn't feel like it happened that that long ago. And it's yeah, it's always it, upsetting to feel like you're getting older, Stephen. It's always, especially when my my birthday as of right now is like three weeks from now. <laughs> 
Well, uh, by the time anybody upsetting. hears this, it will have passed. And oh he, God, we'll I'm have, another year. I'm a, another year closer to death, friends. Oof. Oof. So much for more movies, please. <laughs> more life, please. please. I just come on. Oh no, I I know how that goes. That I was having a zoom meeting with some musician friends of mine to work on a project mm-hmm. which you know about yeah and they were talking about how this event in history affected them and all that stuff and one of them was like oh yeah 9 11 i was in second grade i was like oh whoa dude i was i was in 10th grade i think you were your 11th grade right I no, I was in 10th because i started school a little bit later because of when my birthday fell oh, i should have been right. in 11th but since mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be five till halfway through the school year, they made me wait. Uh, that that stupid rule. Yeah, I had a I had another friend who had that same deal. He was born in October or something. Um, but oh no, that's second grade. They they don't remember anything from the, the that time. Second grade. Uh, what was I doing in second grade? I was I was I don't know. How can anybody remember what happened? Who knows what happened last week? Ducktales and. The Lion King Sega. Oh, there we go. That's that's worth remembering. Mm-hmm. Forget the tragedy in the past. We should be talking about Sega games. Oh, no, no, wait. We should actually be talking about Sicario. <laughs> yes. And there was no tragedies at that point because it was we weren't in second grade when that happened. No. Yeah. It was my friend. What which, happened? Oof. Second grade uh, would have been... Pogs and Bubblegum. 90s, 91, 92 or so? Yeah. Oof. So, Sicario, a movie released in 2015, starring Emily Blunt, and starring Josh Brolin, starring Benicio Del Toro in a really kind of fascinating, brooding role. Mm. And this one, Stephen, this one is, is, is from the very beginning of this movie, and like almost like minute one of this movie, let's say minute two or three, this movie is just... Boom, just in your face, so intense because it opens in a uh, city. I think it was Chandler, Arizona. Yeah. And you, you know, you see this like desert kind of suburb landscape, and then the camera starts panning over. And then you see some like strapped to the nines uh, SWAT guys walking towards some of the houses. And you're like, oh, damn, this is how the movie begins? What is this going to be? Well, yeah, they just drive right through the freaking front door right yeah well no they don't not the front door they throw they make a new front door (laughs) they take out the front wall (laughs) yeah they do the last time i saw something like that what wasn't it wasn't at the beginning of a movie it was in a movie it was the original swap movie before this tv show Mm -hmm. where they had like their their um door knocker thing whatever they called it and it was just like this big hook that they slammed into the wall and then pulled it open so not even that this one they just literally drove in the house dude that like giant i don't know what kind of vehicle it is uh, an apc or something i don't know it's just some armored like fast moving tank thing just yeah like you said just uh like almost i i'm surprised the entire house didn't fall over with that when that thing drove through the front wall yeah i'm I'm and then just, just like of... everybody barrels out of that thing, guns guns ready, and just like down, 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 down. Oh yeah, they were just ready to take everybody down. Like yeah, they're ready for war. Mm-hmm. I like I <laughs> I don't know why you showed this in the movie, but I'm uh, a little impressed with all the people that they were raiding. You know how they didn't immediately soil their pants when something like that happened because that's exactly what I would do. Well, I'm surprised that 
I would have found it a little bit more intense if mm-hmm. somebody had been sitting next to the wall and just gotten flattened. Oh, dude. Oh, that would have been troubling. I don't know if, if I saw that in the beginning of a movie, I'd be like, do I do I need to see this movie? That was gross. I, I if I had if that had happened, I agree with you, it would have been gross. Uh-huh. But there's no way I would have seen it in two parts. I would have been like, This is how you're <laughs> opening, I'm finishing this. Done. <laughs> <laughs> two hour movie. I'm in for the entire two hours. Yeah. Cause I, I started this on well, this on a Monday night. And mm-hmm. finish it on a Wednesday because, like, I started at like twelve, and I was like, "Wait, I have to get up at five. So, got through the opening scene, was disturbed, went to sleep, and then finished it before oh, we you went to today. sleep after that opening scene. That's at, a that's a rough opening scene. Literally, when they're sitting in front of the glass at that conference meeting after all the first event went down. Ooh, how how was your sleep after something like that? Uh, if I hadn't had a dog sleeping on my chest, probably would have been horrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah it's a good thing you have that dog because mm-hmm. well after after those uh swat i don't know if they're a swat there there was some an fbi I guess police tactical SWAT. force yeah yeah after after they go through the through the house looking for i i no, they were they were looking for people that had been that had been kidnapped yeah and they couldn't find any of the people um but as Emily Blunt was clear in the house, she she went through a door of a room and was immediately fired on uh, by some guy with like a shotgun, and which he like, has she to was have okay. horrible aim because of the fact that he missed right. her entirely with a shotgun that shotgun. it sprays and yeah. the amount the space that it made in the wall that hole which leads to the horrifying result of what happened to the hostages mm-hmm. is just amazing that she didn't even get a single pellet on her so he sucks Nothing. at shooting yeah yeah no he 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 was a, the stormtrooper of this movie <laughs> <laughs> okay you well, know what? that was bad i agree yeah there we go that that one deserves uh, that one <laughs> uh and then that hole they blew into the wall um mm-hmm. reveals a bunch of like corpses bagged corpus corpses and you think it's just a couple in that room but then a few moments later you see all of the, the entire walls house. In the, the entire house are just full of these corpses. So I feel and, like oh, these God, people dude. were essentially trying to hide corpses, but they are no mafia because when you put mm. corpses in the wall of a house, just mm. in plastic bags, eventually that smell is going to come through. You need to right. put them in cement and this is a bad thing to be discussing anyway, but anyway. <laughs> no, you got to make, you got to make them sleep with the fishes. Ah, so put give them give a them cement some, shoe, cement boots, yeah. boots, and then throw them into the East River. Uh huh. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm glad we're on the same page here with this. We've apparently watched the exact same mafia movies. Well, I, I'm from the East Coast, so. Oh, so you know, you've been, you've been, you've been whacking some people. Anyway. <laughs> so Sicario. Uh, then, then I think you you made a note about how uh, some of the SWAT guys were responding to what they found. Oh. Only time I've ever really heard this term in a movie about like somebody being green is mostly in an army movie, military, something along those lines. And mm. I immediately associate that with just somebody being a rookie and not trained or something. I think that's what it means. Yeah. But it, it, that's what it means. But I never got like where they came up with the term until this movie where most of them look like they were about to puke and kind of a greenish color. 
Well, a couple of them did actually. There was that one guy, like right, right in, in the mm-hmm. shot where they were showing uh, Emily Blunt recovering from this. There was some guy in the background who was just—you could see him, like his stomach was turning, he was mm-hmm. retching, and then just blah. Like they weren't like green, green, but I could see where that term came from now because they were looking a little pale. So I'm like, ah, green. Now I get it. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. I get it. I fully understand the origin of that term. Yeah. Oh yeah it was bad i would have done the same thing if, i appreciate if not just like that they didn't go straight over up the passed top out. with the puking though it was like they showed them puking but they didn't like go to bleh, like massive amounts on the ground uh, this just enough to show you what's happening it wasn't the the kill bill of puke <laughs> oh it wasn't the exorcist of puke ah uh, no yeah that would have been bad and pretty unrealistic for this movie. Yeah, but under, considering what they saw, I would understand that. I'd probably do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'd be exorcist puking all over the place. Oof, 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 so, oof. And that that's like not even the end of this opening scene because a few moments later you see some of the swap or like uh, it was like the forensics scene people, the, the, the CSI people who are going around looking for i don't know weapons or drugs i guess and you see them kind of sniffing around uh like a shed in the backyard and they notice um i don't know like a like a hatch in the ground or something that's padlocked mm-hmm. which they start kicking it around who trained them you don't just start kicking right? stuff around there's normally booby traps yeah yeah no if there are people in the wall then mm-hmm. like <laughs> i don't know calling a bomb squad for that sort of thing like take all the precautions you need to take like even if you don't call in the bomb squad have your own little uh pen lighter or pen camera that you can just quickly take a glance at just a quick safety check that would have been so much smarter than what they did because yeah. it it seems like they just you know oh a padlock let's open this up and it's not gonna did. blow up in our face <laughs> yeah yeah and unfortunately it blew up in their face literally it was in like such a like you watch that that scene with a good sound system it's gonna feel like like that explosion's gonna hit you in, in the chest too because it was more in the uh, back for me but yeah because yeah, i was yeah. laying against the speaker <laughs> oh sure 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 i mean no it's gonna hit you you're gonna feel that explosion because it's mm. it's an intense explosion it it seemed like, I don't know, thankfully, but it seemed like a very realistic explosion. Yeah, I've never been in an explosion anywhere near that kind of danger or severity. I have Is had... Some fireworks for you? Um, something a little closer were the whole old school Mentos in the soda bottle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where I actually had like one of those two liters of Shasta or three liters <laughs> uh-huh. and put two like whole packs of Mentos in them. Oh, dang, Steven. And did you, like, screw the t- the, t- the cap on right away? Yeah, and then about a few <laughs> seconds later, got thrown backwards. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> you exploded yourself. <laughs> yeah. I was laughing really hard. <laughs> <laughs> While you were covered in Shasta and sticky and everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I can only imagine in the aftermath of that scene that mm-hmm. I know like some movies where they have explosions, they show so many people mutilated, which they did show that in this, but yeah. I appreciate how they just kind of used two examples to show the chaos. Like, Oh look, a hand has been separated from an arm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then somebody trying to crawl to safety with their brains essentially showing. Oh yeah. So they didn't that need to, sh- 
show a lot. They just showed how in how much damage it could do just to emphasize the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and emphasize that they did. Ooh, it was it was a troubling scene. And that's that's the opening of the movie. And that's how you open the movie. Like I saw that in the theater. I'm like, oh, oh damn. Okay, I'm in. I'm like like you said, I'm done in for the done. entire yep. thing. Well, I'd hope so if you went to a theater to see a movie that you would be into it for two hours. Yeah, there's some movies where I'm like, yeah, this is okay, but I could take a nap. Not in this one, though. No, it would not let you take a nap in this one. No. And it did have, like, its quiet moments throughout of it, but it felt like there was just this, through through the entire thing, just this, like, <clears throat> tension that really kept you, you know, engaged and focused. Oh, it just built up its tension amazingly that so um, there's just so much to it that most of the time, if it wasn't the sound or lack of sound, the shots would just let you know something bad is coming. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, not to jump too far ahead in in a little format here, um, but like the cinematography in this movie was just it. Roger Deakins, who shot this movie, one of like the legendary Roger Deakins, like he knows how to just really elevate the tension and through his shot choices and his framing is just you never know it it feels very like focused and almost uh, a first person point of view for throughout, throughout the entire thing. You, you know what? You're right. They were not going to jump ahead too much, but there's one example that that just made me think of. So when they're in the car together and we're seeing everything from Emily Blunt's character's point of view, mm. it, at first I was my film brain went to the point of, oh, they're filming in a car. They don't have much room to show a lot, so you have to see it from this angle. And then w- when it started going to the next person, I'm like, actually, no, they're doing this. On, they're not doing this because of a lack of space. They're doing yeah. it because they want us to see what she's seeing and feeling. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think with uh, for a movie with this sort of budget, and you know, it wasn't like a Marvel movie sort of budget, but it wasn't like low budget either. You know, they, especially with Roger Deakins at the helm mm-hmm. um, as cinematographer, uh, like the they could do whatever they want. Really, if they could, they would cut the the roof off the car and shot whatever they need wherever they needed to, and. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> I mean, they they could have done what they did in Children of Men, where they had just the camera like literally moving through the car, and, and like the actors kind of moving out of the way and seats going down and everything. Um, but they they like you said, they chose specifically to shoot it that way because they wanted to see they wanted to be right with Emily Blunt because. You know, and that scene, that scene, I think the one you're talking about was where they went down to Juarez in Mexico yeah. to pick up somebody to interrogate. And like, that's Emily Blunt's like first exposure to this group of, I don't know, not mercenaries. Like they they were sponsored by the government. Um, I'm going to call there's... them kind of like cleaners. That's a good, that's a good uh, uh, term for it. Um, like, so this is her first exposure to what like very sketchy and horrible things they're doing. Uh, and I think if you weren't that close to her, then you wouldn't really be experiencing the moment with her because, you know, it's probably for the viewers is probably the first time seeing something like that too. So they, they want you to be right up close and right up with her as you experience it with her. Oh, completely. Especially. So 
when that scene or that particular mission kind of goes wrong, like it doesn't go wrong. They accomplish what they want, but it goes sideways a little bit. It goes a little sideways because they knew they were probably going to get attacked. But the fact that they had like an open warfare with pedestrian, not pedestrians, um, civilians in nearby cars, yeah, that their shots were great, but the people they were firing against probably not so much could have gone everywhere yeah those weren't those were those were mercenaries those were just like somebody gave them 10 bucks and said like shoot this guy yeah and that scene where she's still in the car and notices somebody behind her oh yeah the one of the like the federal the mexican federal police because he was was all swatted up there Mm -hmm. and yeah that was that was intense i didn't see that one coming yeah he was no machete he was a bad one uh yeah so that was that scene itself that was another example of just like tension like building tension this entire this entire movie has just like these these vignettes where they are like okay let's start at this like base level of just kind of discomfort and ramp it up like crazy and we'll make the the, 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 you know we'll we'll get the viewers kind of literally on the edge of their seats because we we want them to experience something really uncomfortable because you know it starts with them you know they they helicopter into texas and then they drive down through the border and as they're driving through juarez you know they're sort of taking a a tour of the city but Isil del toro sort of points out like hey this is juarez this is this is what you got to experience and mm-hmm. then they drive through and hanging out from like a freeway overpass are like four or five day, dead naked bodies yep so the mutilated body scene that just says so much on its own mm-hmm. that when it tells you like how bad this particular part of town is yeah that's just hanging there and people are just walking by like they're not freaked out they're just walking by like it's their day-to-day and then the yeah fact that the i don't know what to call them the military officers whatever team she was with in the car was just talking about like oh that's an effective message that they're doing that's impressive that it makes this is what they're saying it rather than going these bastards doing this horrible things like mm-hmm. this ab- kind of admiring their tactic. Mm. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. That's and we do. Yeah. But to kind of, before you said, um, when Alejandro first mm-hmm. gets in the movie, that was interesting. Just like how they introduced him on the plane. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just to some guy who's like, eh, I'm dressed in a suit, taking mm-hmm. play and ride together. And then, but later on, you see him kind of napping. And With a he, hand twitch. A little hand twitch. And then he, like, violently wakes up. Mm-hmm. It was, like, it, it, it kind of startled me seeing that, too. I, it definitely startled Emily Blunt. But to see him just, like, like freaking out, just, ah! Yes, and I was expecting the reasoning for that kind of mood or tension in him to be something else. But when we find out later on, which we will get to, mm-hmm. why he's the way he is so much worse than i expected so bad right this mm-hmm. guy's got such a terrible history and such skeletons in his closet oh and i don't even know if ske- skeletons in his closet does work but for me that kind of sounds like he has something in there from what he's done but it's more for me it's like massive trauma and baggage in my True. opinion yeah yeah i mean it's what he's done is terrible but you 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 almost understand it considering mm-hmm. what happened to to him and well to his family to tease it a little bit yeah and um, then he's just there was just like a mystery around him like even in that scene where they're having the firefight in the street mm-hmm. 
he was wasn't trying to intimidate the people that had guns that they were trying to get them to not attack them. He actually was saying like, "Do you want to die? Put the gun down." Like he was trying to actually prevent shooting them. Like the rest of yeah, his yeah. team just went on a bloodbath once they had a chance, but he actually it seemed like he wanted to stop them from dying. Oh yeah. No, that that's the impression I got too. Like he he is always very ready to to protect himself or to kill others but he isn't necessarily like it's not what drives him it's not what he wants to do it's what he has to do yeah which is you know for for a hitman yeah this is a surprisingly interesting kind of moral code to have yeah because one of the things i had is he's seems like he wants to prevent the fighting but he's willing to do anything he has to if he can't yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was, I thought on uh, on the border crossing as they're going back into mm-hmm. America. I like you're right. That's a fascinating scene for I think for him alone. Like the the conflict with Emily Blunt, where she's like, "We shouldn't be doing this. What are we doing? What the hell are we doing?" That one's interesting. But seeing like getting those layers of Benicio kind of pulled back and figuring out his character, and seeing like just what he does and doesn't want to do is like i think it's it's one of the reasons why at least for me he's like he's the most interesting uh character in this movie because you're like why he he's this like relentless killing machine nobody can touch him but he isn't trying to go around just like killing whomever he wants he's you know he he kills for a reason and he has a purpose to it like he has a mission that when we get to other aspects of the movie, I'll reinforce this perspective. But you can tell when he doesn't want to do something. Like you can, you know, he's going to follow through if he has to. Yeah. But you can tell when he doesn't want to do something. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, I, I blame him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's well. So the the next stuff. So it's kind of interesting that normally we kind of cover like not scene by scene, but we'll go by like event by event. And with this one. There's a lot of stuff that happens that's kind of similar to other events mm-hmm. where it just it helps move the story forward. We get to see their pro- process as to moving towards their goal, but it's a lot of the same tactic, which normally I would find boring, but this wasn't just because there was always a new breadcrumb in each scene, especially when they got the person back. I really don't want to know what they did to him. Oh, yeah. Because they insinuated one thing, but there was something else there that insinuated a second thing so i was confused as to did they waterboard him or did they um the hateful eight him oh yeah oh god and this was the uh guy that they went down to Juarez to pick up yeah brought him back up to texas and where it's where they can in in quote unquote interrogate him which i know this movie was shot a little while ago what year was it again 2015 is when it came out yeah so the camera they had to film the interrogation come on that 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 thing is like a mini dv camera that's like one of my only criticisms which doesn't affect the movie at all because they needed a camera for interrogation but they have a better budget than that (laughs) shit (laughs) this is just a random tangent and i'm just gonna say it (laughs) oh the 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 like military officer filming the whole interrogate yeah yeah that like that was a mini dv camera that you flip open Uh that i had like when I first started, like junior high school—not junior high school, um, junior college. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you gotta gotta spend the money on guns and bombs and things. Who's got money for you know a red camera? Also, who well, you're gonna spend like thirty thousand dollars on getting a red camera to to film an interrogation scene? <laughs> well, no, but I just expected like even something that didn't look like so a, like old. a black magic camera, maybe. Hell, an iPad. I don't care. Oh, sure, sure, sure. It's not something so like schminky and diminutive. Yeah, just, it just like, looked like your grandma going out going i have my digital camera we're gonna go get some photos to them uh yeah no i yeah i agree at that point they might have just stuck a might as well have just stuck a gopro on that tripod oh yeah see that would have been better i would have been fine with the gopro Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the the, the mini dp thing because it was recording on tape yeah it was just there was no way to immediately back it up which kind of benefits them Mm -hmm. yeah that's true maybe that's the reason maybe the why were that's why were they were why they were recording onto maybe tape or uh, a flash card or something who knows is because it's material that could be easily quote unquote misplaced or destroyed knives out exactly yeah yeah mm-hmm. something like that oh I, I i just enjoyed that movie that was a great movie mm-hmm. that ryan johnson mwah, you're a fantastic master of cinema but that mm-hmm. yeah that interrogation scene i'm not sure yeah they didn't show exactly what they did with the water because benicio walks into there carrying like you know a sparkless jug of water pretty easily too so good for him right no that's like that was a full jug that's a good i don't know i don't know how thing how much things weigh they're not light (laughs) they're heavy especially since there's always a little bit of room at the top for when you mount it to Mm -hmm. the water the water filter the water dispenser dispenser thank you when they mount it to the water dispenser Mm mm-hmm so it kind of sloshes a little bit, which shifts the weight. So those things are not fun to carry, no matter how strong you are. Yeah. No. Unless you're like uh, Terry from 9-9. <laughs> yeah, in that case, he could, he could carry two of them. Why not? In each hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, no, he was, yeah, you're right. He was just like, yeah, weighs nothing. I'm just going to walk down this hallway, takes it into that interrogation room. And the guy they're interrogating was like, <laughs> just immediate. You could see immediately. He's like, oh, damn i didn't know who i was dealing with here mm-hmm. there's like instant fear yeah yeah and like rightly so because right from the beginning alejandro benicio del toro was just like you could feel the the energy in that room change it just got so like tense and, well, and full of fear one officer leaves like all right i'm out of here like it yeah. seemed like he was just walking out to let him do his stuff but i had a little bit of a feeling like he just didn't want to see what was going to happen next either Maybe and not. then the other yeah. one was just there go, kind of enjoying it, which it threw me off because everything up until that point led to led me to believe they were going to waterboard him. Mm-hmm. And then when he st- kind of stands over him with his crotch in his face, I'm like, uh-huh. uh, what's going to happen? I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was going to get too, too explicit. Yeah, but, but I just had some hateful like, eight flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. Now that's that's such a that's such a like power move though to be like you're stuck in this chair. I'm gonna put my crotch in your face and talk to you. Okay, and that that makes a little bit more sense as a power move. Like, I think it's an intimidation thing. It's an alpha thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now just, I feel better about the scene. Waterboard <laughs> all you think want. He was just like, look at my bits. I I'm wasn't Alejandro. Mm. I was thinking of a different type of torture. Oh, okay. Well, I, you know, I uh, that yeah. that didn't really come across to me as like uh, Alejandro's style 
and that mm-hmm. that sort of thing. It, ju- it just that I was just would like, be intimidating oh, too. I was just like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think if you can if you can just like muscle a giant jug of water in there, mm-hmm. then you're going to use that. Like especially like who jumps right to this that sort of like pants down interrogation. True. True. It, it, it's, I'm t- sorry just the hateful eight scarred me yeah no i can understand <laughs> so they interrogate him and then we have they that figure whole... out that i guess what they got from it is sort of a uh uh information about more the like higher ups in this drug cartel business yeah like they, who's, they start who's to the next get, guy up like the only thing they were missing was an actual whiteboard leading to mm. everybody's stuff oh yeah with like <laughs> photos pasted on there and mm-hmm. red and yarn starting to, to move photos with the red twine no uh-huh. the red red yarn mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah so they started doing they were missing that but then they go to the like the it looked like was it those buses look like were people looking for asylum or people being shipped back to mexico i don't know which i'm not really sure i it could have been either one yeah because they mm-hmm. that's a good question i i guess maybe asylum or something or it would be nice for them but i doubt it based on how these people were treating them but we get to the bus scene and (laughs) yeah just the bus scene bus scene yeah they they end up going to where they they go to phoenix i guess they drive all the way from somewhere in texas to phoenix yeah um which is like a hundred miles as one of the two hours characters indicates like i just drove a hundred fucking miles yeah <laughs> i would be pissed off too to drive a hundred miles just to not get any answers from josh brolin or benicio del toro oh, i just love it because he like goes to throw down his weight mm-hmm. so to speak to get answers and he's like you better start telling me stuff or i'm gonna walk i'll fucking walk yeah <laughs> bye it wasn't until she threatened to leave that we noticed that for them she had value to them we didn't know what it was yet because they were pretty good at avoiding directly saying why they needed her on this case. Yeah. Oh, and then when you do find out why, ah, oh, guy, what a what a freaking insult. Ah, uh, I would be so pissed off. Mm-hmm. Because later on in the movie, you just find out like they they to to do any of the crap they were doing on American soil, they had to have a federal officer with them. And like, oh, that's bullshit. It's essentially meaning that they have to have somebody that will vouch that they did everything legally. Yeah. God. Which uh, tells you something about how I'm not going into conspiracy theory stuff at all, but it's just like the fact that CA has to have like essentially a babysitter on American soil, but outside they're kind of free to do their own stuff. Yeah. Kind of, oof, kind of a little, little scary there, little but bit, understandable. But, you know, legal systems got to change, I got to say. But anyway, that's beside the point of this movie. Um, well, so like, yeah, I forget up- what movie it is where they say you have to send a monster to deal with a monster. Yeah. 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 It's a good point. So they end up down into that bus depot and, and they pick out a few groups of the, the migrants, I guess. I don't know exactly. Migrants probably works yeah and uh try to get more information information out of them and i guess they end up getting told about where there's some like uh uh, tunnels yes so to get into the country there are tunnels to get in they were pretty much people who have already snuck into the u.s Mm -hmm. they're asking them to show them how they've done it in the past yeah that way they can find a way where like the drugs are coming through so they can actually 
kind of get their own way in or they just wanted information for their own personal agenda yeah because they were they were asking the the people there or uh, so i I guess it was the people that they were talking to at the bus depot they were basically asking like where where do you guys not travel through (laughs) like what are the what 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 are these uh where are the the cartel tunnels essentially where are you afraid of and they're like and they're like oh yeah we're going there and you hear all of them like oh no yeah 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 it's like when you find somebody who's risked so much just to get into the country and Mm -hmm. then you realize there's something they're afraid of yeah like that's probably it's probably pretty bad considering that just sneaking into a country illegally and then trying to stay is already a stressful thing to begin with Mm -hmm. to have one little tunnel be scary yeah probably a good reason mm-hmm. that's that's where you want to head down of course guns mm-hmm. a blazing guns a blazing and then oh the whole bank scene which bank i'm scene was interesting i'm, I'm kind of losing track of time here if that was before or after the bus thing i think it was after the bus thing that was after the bus thing yeah um after the bus thing before the bar scene which we'll get to so <laughs> they yeah they end up at the bank um because i guess they found out they have like a money launderer somebody. yeah there was a money launderer from some guy who was higher up in the cartel organization and they find out that the, he's laundering his cash daily through this bank and they're like okay we'll set up a sting operation to take down i don't know his one of his women who who deposits the money every day oh no it's his executive assistant oh of course yes yes his executive mm-hmm. money laundering assistant and that was that was kind of a fascinating scene because you know it it goes pretty well but then emily blunt always the you know law enforcement officer essentially a hall monitor at this point kind of yeah yeah but she tries to you know take control back and and do what she feels is right um but by doing that kind of exposes herself to the video camera so much because if somebody's laundering nine thousand dollar deposits in cash every day every day they probably have a way to monitor where their money is so when she walks in of course the cameras of the banks show her Mm -hmm. so the people who they're trying to go after get a hint as to who's messing with their funds and are going to set up a trap for her such a big mistake she should listen to josh berlin in that case because otherwise yeah because then later on she's at a bar she's frustrated and she meets this guy who she thinks is just this normal guy but turns out to be like a poor on the take cowboy that yes a poor on the take cowboy god he was such a greasy cowboy uh it it made me it reminded me for that actor which i don't remember his name but john bernthal from the walking dead and punisher and Pun- yes yes yeah he plays so like punisher. the walking dead he was a dick yeah, uh-huh. and i didn't like seeing him and then when i saw the trailers for punisher i'm like oh i don't want to see this guy and then i watched an episode i'm like oh i love this guy like so <laughs> much of a such a big flip for me compared to like me and robert pattinson like my it's a slow flip on that but i feel like i'm gonna get there yeah but and then to see an him interesting parallel i i don't want to interrupt you too too bad although mm-hmm. i did i apologize <laughs> but i thought i think it's interesting that his character from the punisher i think mirrors or not mirrors uh is very similar to benicio's character in this one. Oh yeah no essentially if they had just given him a skull person. shirt yeah 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 except for i guess like what you said except for that skull shirt they're the mm-hmm. same character because they both lost family and are now trying to get revenge 
Yeah, exactly. It's Punisher with the cartel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. Nice connection. We're doing amazing work today. Yes. Yep. I always love during the bell rings. I I summoned the dog by doing that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was just like, it was interesting to see him again because his character in this movie reminded me of Shane in Walking Dead. Yeah, he was kind of the asshole character in this mm-hmm. one. I mean, yeah, obviously he was definitely the asshole character in this one because he was paid off to. Well, f- at fir- first, find out what she Lund. knows, and then yeah. when he fails because he gets a little bit too friendly at first, right? He he throws down that that bracelet that was being used to hold to like tie up the waz of cash at the bank, which I thought that was a great camera placement to kind of hint that this is a bad guy. But since he's just kind of an informant or on the take, I don't know why he would have one of those in his pocket to begin with. That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe he occasionally he does some of the deposits. Or Who knows? Who knows? Who because knows? Yeah. If if they're having the same person deposit nine thousand dollars at a bank every single oh, the, day, the bank has to know there's something shady because I know that there's a certain amount before it gets reported for any deposits. Well, they mentioned it. I guess it was ten thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's just like e-deposits for your mobile device. The minute right. you do anything that's $10,000 or over, it gets flagged. Mm-hmm. And the fact that 9000 comes in every day, the bank knows what's happening. You gotta, yeah. To, to mm-hmm. the same account every day? Yep. Now the bank's on the take. That bank, I'm sure that bank won't be existing for much longer after. They're after either on the take or just trying to be blissfully ignorant so that their stock prices go up. Hmm. Well, knowing it's a bank... Probably both. Yeah. Know. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. Not so, so lemon squeezy. <laughs> no, no, no. Not too lemon squeezy for John Bernthal, Bernthal either because, you know, he goes trying to attack Emily Blunt and then, <laughs> oh, dang, he, he lives to regret it because Benicio comes walking in and just like gun to his forehead is like, get up, get yeah. off her. And it wasn't even like one of those where he just tackles her and mm. I mean, sorry, tackles him and gets him off immediately he's just so confident in what he can do that he just looks at him not even in concern of how long it's going to take him to let go of her just mm-hmm. knew that he was the alpha and that this guy's done yeah oh so done that guy and <laughs> you know the very next scene you see him in the back of an suv just like face bloodied up beaten in the complete and- opposite of punisher yeah like, the way oh. he was acting not the bloodiness the bloodiness fits Mm-hmm. but the way he was acting no <laughs> uh, just crying and sniveling and everything and understandably so because you know he when you when you face up when you're face to face with benicio like that uh you i would be sniveling too i would be weeping well and that whole wet willy thing like i don't know if it was a wet willy that happened or he just dug really deep into his ear canal Probably, I, I bet he dug really deep, but he, he wet his finger too. Oh, yeah. To, to lubricate mm-hmm. a little bit. Oh, yeah. But it was it just, was, it was bad. But then <sighs> they find out uh, who the money launderer is. They take the account and find out who this, this like upper level cartel person is and then start tracking him down. Because, no, I'm sorry. After, after the bank thing, that upper level cartel guy gets called back to uh, like Mexico. the head honcho guy, mm-hmm. to, to the jefe. And, <laughs> and they you know they track that guy down and follow him down into juarez um through i guess uh so through they, the, they, the the 
cave that the migrants were talking about? So the guy didn't go to Mexico through the cave. He went through the normal channels, like on the road. But they followed him so they can keep track of where he was in Mexico. It was Benicio that actually went through the cave and then took took a cop that was on the take to Mm -hmm. use him to get near the guy. Yeah. I want to talk about that scene for just a minute here. That that like cave scene. Oh, the way they shot that. I felt like I was in a a a, a Doom video game for a second there. Yeah, yeah, because they went. Everybody was all. It was completely like first person uh, shots. You know, you're seeing that, seeing that scene from the character's eyes. Or the movie Descent, if you've ever seen yeah. that one. Which I, I, you know what, that one might be a fun one in the future. Depend, I don't know what category. It kind of borders in both for me, but we'll discuss mm. that later. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I thought that was fascinating. And they use these really uh, interesting, uh, they call them FLIR cameras, which are just like next level thermal visions where it's, you know, some of the, the like, I don't even know what to call them. Some of the mercenaries, I guess, yeah, uh, were wearing what looked like kind of standard green vision thermal goggles but then some of the others had these FLIR cameras and oh like night and day difference between those two. Oh yeah it's pretty much sd and hd yeah yeah oh gosh like it it kind of blow as a camera guy it really blows my mind how much those FLIR cameras are able to see because it's mm-hmm. all it's all gray but it's all lit up like you you could see in pitch black nearly and i'm just amazed at what they're able to do Oh no, it was just impressive that I didn't want them to stay in that shot forever because I miss seeing more detail, but I would appreciate yeah. it because it was just like, it puts you in there because that whole, you're not used to seeing stuff like that. So it definitely mm. draws you more in, which I felt was the perfect time to use that tactic, especially that you're outside in open space. Then they change the kind of look of the scene. You're drawn in and then the minute that they go back to a regular view, you're in this tunnel and now you're just hooked because... Mm-hmm. You've been drawn in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just gets even worse for Emily Blunt, who, because she, she walks in on Benicio stealing this guy in his cop car mm-hmm. and <laughs> he, she gets, she gets popped in the bulletproof vest a couple times yeah, by no, Benicio. He, he shoots her cause she, not because she saw it. It's because she was against it. Yeah. That she was by the book. Like, what are you doing? Why are you taking that? And doesn't get like, sometimes it takes bigger tactics to accomplish your goal. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even really give her a warning. It's two shots to the chest in the vest. Like he knew where to mm-hmm. shoot. So that was appreciated. I would yeah. think. And then it's like, just never point a gun at me again. I was like, I don't want to hurt you. You know that because I shot you in the bulletproof part of the vest, mm-hmm. but I will fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. She was fucked up. I'm sure mm-hmm. like underneath that vest, just like giant ass bruises were forming immediately. Well, cause the Kevlar, unless depending on what version or if they've improved it generally once you get hit mm-hmm. it's not as strong after that yeah well you, earlier on in the movie you could see her placing like steel plates into that mm-hmm. vest but even still like it's stopping a bullet that's traveling many times the speed of sound it, it she definitely had some broken ribs that you yeah. always have something break mm-hmm. and at least it's not your life yeah <laughs> but yeah. still that doesn't does not have to that does not feel good mm-hmm. but then Unfortunately, we benicio took a few other lives after that moment oh he he definitely did like the cop who was on the take mm-hmm. i feel like the whole time in the movie when they kept on showing this officer in mexico with his family could he kind of feel like 
you, oh no you're you're bonding with him like it was they never explained whether he volunteered to work for the cartel just because he was dirty or if he just kind of stumbled into it but it made it show that this was a family guy who was in over his head and you kind of felt bad for him getting in the line of fire even though you don't know whether it's his fault or not yeah no i agree it could have gone either way but still it it ended so badly for him because he's he's like he just you know ultimately i think he just wants to provide for his family and play play football with his with his son which I wish they would have given him more because the conditions he was living in didn't seem like somebody who was on the take. Not great, yeah. Unless he was just like banking it in the bank for his son just for the future, which seems like it could have been because he seemed like he was working hard at working dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> he was definitely working hard. Um, but then, ugh, yeah, he, when he, he he doesn't he doesn't make it through it. Spoilers and things. Yeah, because he, he oh god, he he just. He gets that shot through the head from Benicio so that Benicio was could like stick up the other cartel guy. Oh, yes. And he was he's a great shot, which we'll get to in a few minutes how mm. good of a shot he is with that gun. Jesus. Yeah. So then, yeah. you know, he takes that car up to like, you know, the, the chief cartel guy takes it up to his house, which is this crazy like palatial mansion mm. in the middle of a desert. That place is ridiculous. And... Wow. Um, Other than the fact that I wouldn't want to draw that much attention to myself and require a security detail, yeah, oh, that place was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But then that that upper level cartel guy ends up getting like I guess stabbed in the throat as just a distraction for Benicio to get into the house. Uh, he gets into the house and they finds the family of like this cartel leader having dinner outside at their their dinner table and shit goes down and it's so unpleasant well it's just like they have a mini conversation he does his part sorry Big, they, we should we should say i guess now um that this cartel leader was responsible for the deaths of benicio's wife and his daughter oh no he was 100 percent. i don't know if he was the only one because i feel like since we both know there's a second movie which i haven't seen yet there has to be more to his story, but I feel like this was definitely one of the main people, or at least, yeah, one of the main people that is responsible for that. And I did appreciate that he asked if the kids spoke English so that they wouldn't hear all of the conversation, mm-hmm. which is kind of pointless based on the rest of the scene. But <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, especially with the mother just like bored I, straight, just like fearing for her life. I don't know if she understood a little bit. She might but, have. It, it seemed like she, when, when Benicio said a couple of things in English, it, it seemed like she caught her breath and just like she knew something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, but then, yeah. like, I had no idea. First time I saw it, I had no idea just what he was going to do to this family. Mm-hmm. Was how, how was it for you when you saw Benicio just <sighs> light everybody up? I was 50-50 before he actually did it because I didn't know if he was going to kill the guy in front of the kids or kill the wife and just Mm. like, and then kill the husband. Like the kid thing I saw coming, but I was like, is this really going to happen? Like I didn't think it would, I wasn't positive, but he just seemed so focused and he's just like, yeah, time to go with God and just surprises the drug lord. Yeah, by taking the oh. family out without even looking, he just shoots all three of them at three shots from from the table without even seeing, it, and they're all headshots. And like less than half a second, mm-hmm. just boom, 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 all three but of them I, are dead. I even though that was a fucked up thing to do because that family wasn't the reason his family's dead. 
Mm -hmm. at least he killed the mother first because then she didn't have to see her kids die. Mm. Yeah. Which I know isn't much, but not killing the family would have been good. Like it would have been nice if he had kind of shot the guy, the drug Lord to the point, like in the knees where he couldn't get up, taking the family Mm -hmm. out back to threaten to kill them and then like shoot above their head and then kill the drug Lord. Mm-hmm. Like to make it seem like he killed them, but he Benicio w- doesn't roll that way. No, like but he, anyway, he wanted to just he wanted to burn the planet to the ground. He outdid Punisher because I don't think a, yeah. a Punisher character would ever do that. No, I feel like not at least the children. Like maybe adult children of a bad yeah. person. Certainly, yeah. certainly the guilty ones. Certainly the ones that had done something to actually deserve that sort of a demise, mm-hmm. but. It seemed like these kids and probably the wife was was completely innocent. En- enough that they knew there was something going on, but never really partook for the most, from what I yeah. can tell. But that that and I thought that was the end of the movie right there. Oh no! But it goes on for a little while because I mm-hmm. I think it's I, I I was with you. I was like, where do you go from there? But then it turns into just this like I I don't even know well, how to describe this. Like the, we got legal matters to take care of. Yeah, it was the legal matters where it comes to the point like. This is something we kind of skipped where when Emily Blunt comes out of the tunnel, she's telling them, I'm going to not, I'm going to tell what you guys have done here. And he's like, that would be very unwise for you to do because she kind of gets manhandled and not like in a bad way, just more of when somebody's flipping out and you're holding them till they calm down, Mm -hmm. but a little bit more extreme just because she's so well-trained. Yeah. So they threaten her not to say anything. And then when they actually need her to lie on the report... Yeah, he he comes back to make her do it. Yeah, Benicio just shows up shows up at her apartment, and she like in her apartment, not in at her apartment. Just true, it's sitting yeah. in there without her even noticing, <laughs> which is so unsettling. Just for him to like appear like a well, ghost, and that's like oh. the second time that apartment's essentially been tainted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, that was that was uncomfortable. But then, but he, yeah, he just uh-huh. that. This is the scene that I like think really emphasizes. He's willing to do what he has to, but doesn't want to because he finally explains in this scene who she reminds him of, which is his daughter, which, ooh, we have to explain what happened to that. Yeah. But he's threatening to kill her if she doesn't sign the paperwork. God, that was tense because she, like, mm-hmm. she's having this, like, this conflict of... of this morality. Mora- pr- morality yeah. conflict because she's, like, she, she's fighting against what she believes is right and wrong. And she believes that what he's doing is completely wrong. And yep. for her to just like sign that legal paper that like says nothing happened, everything was above the board, for yeah, her to was lie like that, I can, you can see why she would be so conflicted. Oh, 100%. And I get that. And the fact that he admits that she reminds him of his daughter, but he's still willing to kill her, says how mm-hmm. determined he is. Because how can you pull the trigger on somebody who resembles what? you lost and man even even benicio couldn't i don't think well he seemed like he sorry although he he he, he seemed like he could because he he put that he put his gun under her under her neck and was like oh jesus am i gonna watch him kill somebody else so that we're gonna kind of drift into one of our other segments with this scene Mm -hmm. because there was multiple times that the sound was this phenomenal the foley on this fantastic that the gunfire the loading of the guns even just the bullets hitting her cavalier her bulletproof vest i can't speak right now mm-hmm. all that was accurate yeah but this one i just love the fact that they kept on subtracting sound from that conversation 
because mm. it kept drawing you in. And when he puts that gun under her chest, you can like hear the metal pushing against her throat. Yeah. I, I couldn't say it better than that. It was, I mean, it's clear that these, uh, that the filmmakers really know how to uh, really increase tension because yeah, seeing that and just hearing how like dead silent it is in that apartment, like that you could almost the, hear Emily Blunt's heart pounding in her chest. That would have been the next thing if they had added that would have been perfect. So like yeah. that scene and the bar scene for me, both had an amazing thing because like when she first waits to go order her beers which i love two beers not even what kind of beer just beers anyway <laughs> they kind of like start to pan, zoom in on her mm-hmm. and they start to kind of lower the surrounding sounds but then start to like play some of the stuff from the day that she's remembering so like really giving that effect of being haunted with with what just happened yeah yeah it's is intense and speaking of the sound of this like one of the thing that one of the things that I really is just a standout thing for this movie for me is the score. Like oh, yeah. the, the score by Johan Johansson ah, is crazy. It's so so good. Like I recommend Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Give it a listen because it's you can feel just through the score of the film. Like you could feel the the the, the tension of the film just in the score of it. So there's. I'm sure there's more composers out there that I could reference, mm-hmm. but the two that always come to my mind is, uh, no, no, it's just one, Danny Elfman. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Danny when Elfman. he scores something, it sounds phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the times that I felt like it it could have been him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, I know it wasn't him, but I meant like the quality and the timing of everything felt like something that is at the level of his work. Yeah. This one would have been a lot brassier than it was, but I completely agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's Danny Elfman. He uh, on another level, that guy can do so much with so little. Yeah. 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 It, it was a good score, good sound design, phenomenal cinematography. I think I like watching this again. I kind of wonder like, why didn't Roger Deakins win an Oscar for this one? Because come on, he, the stuff he was doing in this film was just, he i don't know elevated to a point where i'm like nothing else is better than this no that this movie is just it's just impressive that normally when we discuss a movie we haven't really had anything that we've criticized like we've had some opinions on but nothing that we're like don't waste your time on this even for rental because we often will say we love it we like it buy it rent it some kind of opinion or watch it with a friend mm-hmm. but this one it definitely has a specific audience because i tried to get nicole to watch it with me but she had seen it before she's like i can't handle it again i'm like okay it's so a tough it, movie yeah it is a tough one it is an excellent movie but you have to know who's watching it whether or not they're going to enjoy it but i don't know for you was would you say this is a must-have for for uh, anybody who likes this type of film, I mean, at least. Okay, for yeah, for the right person, I think so. I think beginning to end, the story is is very well told. It's very well made. It's just a stellar example of really good action, uh, 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 like I don't know, uh, drug movie filmmaking. It's it's a great movie, but you have to be the sort of person you, who who would like it. Mm. For me. 
it is for the right person it's a must have i say for anybody they should at least watch the first five minutes to see if it's something that they want to watch because if they are fine after the first five then it's a must watch but i i'm not going to tell everybody just to go watch it if they can't handle it but i feel like if they should at least give it the first five i agree yeah and that's that's a good barometer for this film and after that like after the first five because i had gotten michael my movie the way i normally get my stuff and i was watching in hd and i was like okay after the first five minutes i paused it exited out upgraded it to 4k and rewound it and then started again (laughs) oh dang oh okay i'm glad for that that's Mm -hmm. i i think this is the sort of movie that really deserves that that kind of treatment because i was happy that it was on sale for 4k but still i would have paid the normal price yeah and that was just after five minutes that's good yeah people the fur the opening of this movie is phenomenal just like try and seek out that at least because it's it's worth watching even by itself oh yeah i was ready for like a normal pull up walk around the back of the house front of the house and they kick in the door and just like don't move don't move so i'm just sitting there getting ready to watch all of a sudden i'm like okay now that (laughs) is this is gonna be different yep (laughs) and i had seen the trailer too of that whole shotgun scene with her but still like just the way that they jump right into it was just intense Mm -hmm. completely agree it's got my hearty recommendation i love this movie well i couldn't have said it better myself sean that i just want to thank everybody for listening we hope you enjoyed hearing this episode as much as we enjoyed watching this movie and of course talking about it make sure to leave us a rating on any platform you have especially itunes and if you have any suggestions comments follow us on twitter instagram and just let us know follow you know what better than that we want you to give us our next recommendation. Hit us up on either one of those platforms and we will give you a shout out. Thank you. And this has been more movies. Please. Please.